0: In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting in Okay people, get your geek done.
1: It's November 12th, 2011, and you're listening to episode 17 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. And I am Orange Belt Maggie. Yay! Sorry,
0: guys. I passed my orange belt for Taekwondo yesterday. I just had to interject that.
1: Yay! Thank you. Okay, carry on. (laughs) And we are coming to you from the Quidditch World Cup. Go Miguel! Go Miguel! But more on that later. Yeah, okay. Okay, Adventures in Knitting, do you want to start? I'll start. All right, Uh, the Celtic
0: Stole is now out of my life. It is officially packed up, and it has left the country as of Tuesday of this past week. It should be arriving to the recipient early this coming week, so by the time you guys are hearing this podcast, it should be arriving at her house, and I am going to insist on pictures of her wearing it. And I'll post those. The handsome mittens, I forgot to call them back after our first date. And they're probably not talking to me right now. But that's okay, because um, I've gone out with some other people. Last week, I had the toe of the paper moon sock mm-hmm. done. And I now have a foot. Like, an entire foot. I'm yeah, up, like
1: past the heel foot. I'm
0: up to the ankle. I'm, and now I just have to knit a bit of the leg. And I just go as
1: far as you want. Yeah, so. I'm
0: like, oh, hello, you you just sort of, like, happened. And the yarn is so soft. I'm
1: not sure what happened last night.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I, I remember some vodka, and I remember sitting on a piano and singing... And there were cables. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of cables. And I woke up this morning, and there was a sock next to
1: me. A half-finished sock in bed with me.
0: Yeah, the paper moon pattern is really easy to memorize, actually. So it was just one of those projects that came with me everywhere I went Mm -hmm. um, in my purse. And yeah, the next thing I knew, wow, sock. And like I told Karen, I turned into a little bit of a project slut. (laughs) because, yeah, I didn't call back Hansa after our first date, but I've cast on Paper Moon, and um, I cast on Charity Mittens, too. Yay! One of the stores, convenience stores of the area.
1: Well, drugstores. Shoppers Drug Mart has a little bit of everything nowadays, basically.
0: It it has a little bit of everything that you really don't need, but you want. Checking out one day, I noticed that they had their Christmas set up, and because, yes, we are in Canada, our Thanksgiving was last month, It is legal for us to have Christmas stuff up. Please don't spaz on us.
1: November 11th is my start date for Christmas music.
0: And they had... The Christmas tree had a lot of hand-knit mittens displayed on it. And I asked one of the employees, what's up with all of the hand-knit mittens? And there was a couple of hats and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they're even little toddler, you know, toddler ball mittens. And he said one of our employees is a knitter, and she does this display every year. And at the end of the season... It all goes to a local women's help center. And Which is
1: actually housed in the school. Yeah. Where they filmed, or at least the exteriors were filmed, and some of the interiors for a Christmas story. Yay! A little bit of trivia.
0: So yeah, they did say that they were taking, if you wanted to knit mittens, you could donate them, they'll display them on the tree, and then they'll go to the women's center. And I'm like, yay, charity mittens! Awesome! Awesome! cast that on because, you know, I've got worsted weight acrylic or worsted weight wool from leftover projects. And with, you know, the big chunky DPN needles I have, mittens,
1: easy peasies. And if it's a, if it's a wool acrylic blend or if it's superwash wool, yeah, that'd be good for this area because it's, you know, machine washable and doesn't necessarily need a lot of extra.
0: And even if you only have an itty bitty little amount of something left over, you can make little itty bitty toddler mitts that look like you know just a little ball fists at the end.
1: Yep, they're so no cute. No thumbs.
0: Yep, they're so cute. So, anyways, that's my adventures in knitting. To sum up, Celtic scarf gone. Hansa who? Paper moon. Hello. And charity mittens. Hi. There you go. That's my sum up.
1: Okay. For me, the Missy shawl for my mother is done. And oh my God, it, it is, is pretty. It is blocked. It is The pretty. ends are woven in. Which is good, because Mom leaves for England tomorrow. tomorrow <laughs> which means party at Karen's house. <laughs> yeah, right. Party at Karen's house means probably doing a 24 marathon at some point. <laughs> it, at least one season, I want to watch it, 24-hour period.
0: Oh, you remember how you were saying, you know, the ideal night to you sounds like pizza, flannel pajamas, knitting, and TV? Yep. I bought my first pair of flannel pajamas In ten years. Uh, You're going to need them. I I did. They got Tweety Bird all over them. Welcome to Canada. Yeah. I I think I'm now officially a Canadian. But yes, it
1: is done. (laughs) Thank you, God. God. (laughs) It is done. It is really pretty. Oh, it is super pretty. It looks really nice. My mom loves it. She kind of got a little pouty when I was like, can I at least take it to Maggie's to record the podcast. And he's like, do I have to? And like, it's only three hours, Mom. I'm gonna hold
0: Karen and the shawl hostage.
1: <laughs> it's like, no, we can it so you can still have Barricade the door. To church
0: tomorrow. I'll barricade the door and once we start negotiations, I'll release
1: Karen first. <laughs> but yes, it's done and now it's kind of like, I still have this feeling like there, sh- there is something I should be doing. Like when I, know. I think about knitting, yeah. I have this feeling like there is something I have to work on. Yeah, And then my brain says, no, no, there isn't. You're finished, that. <laughs> and now my brain's sort of like, what else do I want to do? You just, um, at this moment,
0: you just stop and feel the world revolve around you just for a yes. split
1: second. But uh, I've also been working a little bit on the beekeeper's quilt. Mm-hmm. I've made a few hexapuffs. And then now that the shawl is done, I was working on a hexapuff on the way here because I was like, ah, I don't feel like deciding what I should work on just yet. I'll just work on this a little bit till I decide. Because, oh, oh, there are patterns. I'm kind of torn now. Like, I am pretty sure I need to make gloves. Because my hands, they have been cold lately. You have mittens, though, don't you? Yeah, but sometimes you don't want mittens. Okay, fair enough. You know, I want. plus I only have one pair of mittens. Fair enough. And right now I need to find them. I think they're in a bag of stuff that I used for a program for work. I'm not sure if it was... I think it was the knitting program I did last March.
0: And just to clarify, I'm I'm not saying, but you have mittens, and because I'm only allowing Karen to have one set of hand warming things, it's just that I remember last winter she made the swirly
1: mittens, and I remember them. I think it was winter before last. It was. I just remember them coming out so beautifully. They are pretty, but and the swirly mittens are actually a lot easier than they look because even though it's not a repeatable pattern, there is still something about looking at the line of what color your work you're supposed to do, and it's just just getting into the rhythm. Yeah. Okay. It's really neat. That's cool. I'll definitely link that pattern because they are purdy. But yeah, I kind of think I need more, a few more items of hand-knit, hand-warming things so that I have a variety with me. And I kind of want to do some gloves. There's some really lovely patterns I've seen especially ones involving like those Bavarian twisted stitch cables mm. that I love yeah and really intricate and gorgeous looking but then also I'm kind of like I want to make sweater and then I also want to start the Fair Isle scarf though for that I'm going to be ordering some needles to work on that with especially because I'm going to be doing it circularly so I thought this would be a good time maybe to get some of those chow red lace needles that are maybe like very short ones like maybe like a 9 inch circular okay or 16 inch circular because it's it's probably going to be... I'm probably going to do it fairly wide. Like, maybe even, like, 8 inches wide, so I might even be able to do the 16-inch circular. Cool. I will order those, and thankfully, the place I'm going to order, order them from has a 10% off coupon code for the week. Score! It's Grandma's ha- Hand Knitting on Etsy. If you put in the code... Karen will remember co- later. Oh, God, I looked at the coupon code just before we uh, came here, so I'd remember it for the podcast, and now I can't remember it. Um, I will put it in the show notes so other people can find it. It's and I've not- ordered from her before, and but yes, I will... Put the coupon code in the show notes. And actually, I've been thinking, too, for hexapuffs. I've got a few pairs of socks now that have holes in them in places either where it'd be difficult to darn them or I don't feel like darning them. So I've actually kind of been thinking of, like, actually unraveling them and using yarn for hexapuffs. Yay for recycling! My hexapuffs are going to be from all my sock yarn that I've used. There you go. So each each hexapuff is you know a pair of socks or something that I have made or a shawl I've made or something. Each one I'll be able to look at it and be like that's from that pattern or yeah, that's and from I'm,
0: that pattern. I'm I'm making a um, a charm quilt for myself. Mm-hmm. Um and for those people who don't know what it is, a charm quilt is where every piece is a different fabric. There's no repeating fabric, and each one is from a quilt that I've made for somebody, mm-hmm. so that I can look at that fabric and remember the quilt that I made.
1: Yeah, a little side tangent. Sorry. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing I'm doing with yeah. my X buff quilt and with my other sock yarn quilt, really. It's or just going like to take the- me a really long time to finish that. Well, yeah. And I mean that's sort of sort of thing where like you kind of intend for it to take a long time yeah. because that way you know a quilt you make next year or the year after that will also get it'll get incorporated in and becomes yeah. a story it'll, it'll cover quilts that you've made for a long period of time but yes yeah, so that's what I've been up to uh, Finished the shawl worked on hex puffs and trying to decide what else I'm going to do this is where you go through the catalog of of what do I want <laughs> this is when I go through my queue on Ravelry yeah my very very long. Q and not, you know, not doing my cue in order, because I don't do that sort of thing. But yeah, so that was me, so let's move on to Geek Squee.
0: All right, Jim Butcher to help save boobs. <laughs> Please tell me that got your attention. Jim Butcher and a lot of other authors are all contributing materi- signed materials... Or items in an auction For the Avon Walk For Breast Cancer And Jim Butcher himself is donating A signed copy of Side Jobs Mm -hmm. So if anybody is interested for a worthy cause And you can see all of the other lists I think Terry Pratchett is also one of the other authors in there. I know that it's on Jim Butcher's website He'll have a link to it It's called
1: the Books for Boobs auction Books for Boobs, yeah (laughs) Well as I mentioned at the very beginning The Quidditch World Cup is this weekend No really it really is this weekend in New York City. Rock on! <laughs> it's being held by the International Quidditch Association. For reals! No, seriously, people. <laughs> no, really. There are actual teams competing in New York City. Most of them are university Quidditch teams. They have a few high school teams and a few city or you know town-based teams.
0: Now, all of you are sitting there asking the same question that I had to ask Karen, going, okay, but they're not flying. What are they doing? Doing? They're running around. I keep imagining. <laughs> on the field. I'm sorry. I keep imagining all of these athletes, buff athletes, running around with a broom between their legs, hobby
1: horse style. <laughs> I have seen video of past Quidditch World Cup World Cups, but the Snitch is actually an actual person. That's so cool. Who has to run around. <laughs> and has to run around.
0: And the I was disappointed they didn't spray paint him gold from, top to, bu- from <laughs>
1: top to top to toe, like the chicken gold finger. Come on. <laughs> and the Seeker actually has to catch them. while... While the rest of the team is playing, like the rest of Quidditch, they have the three hoops on each side that they have to try and get the quaffle in. That's so cool. They have, there are four Canadian teams playing. There's a whole bunch of teams from the U.S. I believe it's McGill University, Carleton University, Ryerson University, and I think U of T is the other one. Carleton and Ryerson are my parents' alma maters. Oh, yeah? I'm going to have to check that out and (laughs) let them
0: know when I go home.
1: I'm not rooting for U of T because it's U of T. I mean, no... (laughs) <laughs> university of Toronto? Boo. Whatever. Enormous university, boo. Okay. McGill actually won the Canadian Cup a couple weeks ago.
0: Mm. <laughs>
1: so I'm kind of rooting for them because they seem to be a really good team. Cool. Um and then there also t- there's a team from Finland, one from Argentina and one from New Zealand. See, I think playing. it's so
0: cool that the Potterverse is extended to all of the those yes. countries. That's
1: just so cool. Yes. And I'll definitely post some video from YouTube of the Quidditch World Cup so people can see it. It's actually it's so fun watching it. I would love to go to this because you watch it and they have an announcer, like a commentator on a on a speaker system. Yeah at the match, and, you know, fans just screaming and waving their arms, and...
0: You know what? I just had a comic go through my head, and I'm going to have to draw it now. You as a seeker, and Kiefer Sutherland as a snitch,
1: <laughs> and that little boy's running his butt off. Oh, my God. There, That would be some serious motivation, man. <laughs> just so I can be like, tackle... <laughs> In Especially if
0: he's just in like little gold shorts, shorties, and the rest of him spray painted gold.
1: He's just oh, like hello. running
0: around and he's trailing feathers wherever he goes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, moving on. Okay, um, anyway, I'll be in my bunk. Yep, there will be lots of bunks this episode. But yeah, so I'll, I'll post the address, the website for the Quidditch World Cup itself, so you can see the list of all the teams, and I'll post some video of past Quidditch World Cups, or if they already have video of this year's World Cup by the time I put the show notes up, I'll link to some video of that so you can see it. That's my kind of sporting event. Screw hockey. I want to go see Quidditch.
0: Hey, be careful. We are in Canada. By the way, the Kobo Vox is now sitting around in stores... Ooh. And got to go see it and talk to one of the sales associates about it. Mm-hmm. And their first question was, "It depends on what you want to use it for," which yeah. is which is a valid question for any new electronic doodad that you're going to pick yeah. up these days. Because if you are mainly a novel reader, as in you're reading novelettes and books that don't have a lot of pictures, the Kobo Vox with its whole color aspect is going to be kind of
1: yeah. not really there. You know, it's yeah, there it's for black a and white. Te- it's black right. text on a white page yeah having a color reader is sort of like meh
0: it's primarily meant for a lot of things like comic books or graphic novels Mm -hmm. or magazines magazines Kids publishing
1: stuff like that, oh, yeah, kids' books, that sort of thing, as well as for (laughs) its you know web browsing, yeah, it's multi purpose use and stuff like that. And I, it's not really, I don't think it's really built for the power user, like you can imagine for iPad, for people within business and stuff like (laughs) that who carry that around for business reasons as well. I'm not sure if it's quite for that because, of course, it only has a Wi Fi connection if there's no 3G model, so it's not like the yes, I think it'd be more. Probably more for somebody who's interested in staying connected on sort of a tablet sort of thing as they go throughout their day, but not for, like, business use sort of thing.
0: Or maybe somebody who's learning a tablet, the whole tablet thing, because, you know, older generations that want to try and keep up with yeah. technology but don't want to spend the amount that an iPad requires.
1: Yeah. And it might be for, like, maybe occasional reading. Yeah. Th- included throughout the day, but not like power reading, like I'm going to sit down and read this book for two hours. Yeah. Because they do say the battery life is about seven hours yes. on it. Yes, Which is not a lot, really. Especially when you're, it's meant to be portable, so you're taking it with you here, yeah. there, and everywhere. But then the thing with the Kobo is that I don't know if, how much it'll sink to, say, another Kobo, like, say, the Kobo Touch. I would think it would because they both have Wi-Fi connections. But you, most Kobo products will sync with other Koda, Kobo apps and things. Right. So you could have one device that you use for all your reading, and then the other one, the Kobo Vox, is what goes with you throughout the day. And if you're spending 15 minutes on the bus or the subway reading, you can read for those 15 minutes, and it'll sync to whatever other device you have. Okay. If you already have a device or yeah, we'll have you know, to if you want more than one device. Let's see about verifying that. that. When it comes to knitting patterns and things like that, I could see you might want the color if you're doing say color work and it's yeah, a color chart. for charts. But I have a black and white screen, an e-ink screen, Uh Sony e-reader that's quite a few years old now. And really the main thing I've found with knitting patterns on that one, because mostly in PDF, it's just mainly how the PDF will show it. And if it will zoom in enough yeah. so that I can actually see all the boxes on the chart. Oh my god, zooming
0: in is so important.
1: For a lot of knitting patterns, I don't think I really even need the color. I can, I can go with that. But it certainly looks like an interesting thing and, and I still kind of want one. You still want a new toy. Yes. And there is part of me that would love to be able to have like a Twitter app or whatever even if I'd still have to have Wi-Fi for it. And I'd still like to play around with it in the store. Of course, for a lot of people in the States, the alternative is the Kindle Fire. Yeah. Which I can't really talk about and which is kind of a Moot point up here because they haven't announced when or if the Kindle Fire will be released up here. And if they do, I was reading that there's a lot of functions on the Kindle Fire that wouldn't work. Oh dear. Yeah. Oh well, c'est la vie. Because just because of the way telecom and everything is set up up here, or you know, the app store would be a lot smaller, and and like you wouldn't be able to borrow library books because yeah, Kindle, Kindle, Kindle still can't borrow library it. books. Up. Well, it it you can borrow them now in the states okay. on the Kindle. You can't borrow them in Canada. On the Kindle. Okay. It's, like I said, it's a bit of a moot point up here at the moment. So, and because, you know, I can't really say anything about the Kindle Fire because I haven't, there's no way I'll be able to, to fiddle around with one anytime soon.
0: Oh, well. Moving from current technology into fantasy technology, I had a small geek seizure while watching Transformers 3. Now, I will put a disclaimer out. For any females that plan on watching Transformers 3, be prepared to grow a set of balls. Because there is just so much testosterone in the movie, you can't help but absorb it through the skin.
1: Yes, remember, this is a Michael Bay movie. Yeah,
0: so there there is just chaos, mayhem, and testosterone swimming everywhere. But I'm not going to do any plot spoilers. This is just a small little moment in the movie. There is a character in the movie. He is one of the mechanical characters. He's neither an Autobot nor a Decepticon. His name is... Sentinel, and his voice is by Leonard Nimoy. Everybody knows who Leonard Nimoy is. He is Spock. And you can hear it in his voice. The original Spock. Yes, the original Spock. You can hear it in his voice, and I'm sorry, no matter what he was doing, every time he was doing it, I kept imagining Spock doing it. Which didn't help when at one point during the movie, his character says, when will you understand that the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few? At which point, my husband and I just looked at each other and said, did he he just say that? Did he just pull a Spock? And I, and I said, there are probably people who were in the recording studio that wet themselves when they heard him say that. So anyways, that was my little geek seizure during uh, Transformers 3. I can't really give you a report on Transformers 3 because I only saw it the last 30
1: minutes of the movie. Lots of testosterone, that's all I'm going to say. Oh yes, I'm thinking of other movie news. Actually, film composer Hans Zimmer is crowdsourcing audio. For the next Batman score. Do you want to be famous? (laughs) Well, do you want to be one of God knows how many other voices chanting something on the Batman score? Yeah, but that's not what
0: they're going to be thinking. (laughs) Everybody's going to be thinking, I get to be in the next Batman movie!
1: Yes, well if you would, on ujam.com, what he's done is there's an introductory video he's posted, and there's a chant that's going to be part of the score for Dark Knight Rises. Okay. I believe it's the name of the movie. And basically what you can do is you can listen to the chant on there, and there's like a little screen that shows the words that you're... words, quote-unquote, that you're supposed to chant. And, you know, they sort of light up in time to how you should do it. So you can follow along with that, and then there's a button that says record now. So you can use the website to record yourself. All you need is, you know, a microphone. You don't need any sort of audio software or anything like that. It'll record and upload it automatically. And he said, don't worry about the pitch or the timing or anything like that. They can fix all that. But... Oh my god. <laughs> I saw this and I kind of exploded because hello, I like Hans Zimmer. Very, very cool. He is a, he is one of my favorite composers. Maybe not my favorite, but getting close. But yes, and this would be this would be really awesome. <laughs> That
0: would just be total squeeze. Seeing the movie in the theater and knowing and hearing that, and like, knowing that their is voice me. is
1: in there somewhere. Yes, sort of like I think you might have gotten the idea from apparently with Tron Legacy when they were doing a panel about it. Not this past year, obviously, but in 2010 at Comic Con, they had the crowd yell out certain words. I haven't seen Tron Legacy, so I'm assuming it's the names of characters that are basically like I haven't seen that either. We should get cheering to that. on somebody. Okay. At a point in the movie <laughs> But basically they had the people in the audience In the panel yell this stuff out And it was actually kind of interesting One of the podcasts I listened to, Galactic Water Cooler Two of the hosts of that were in the panel And one of them recorded a little bit Of what it sounded like from where he was Nice! So they actually played that on their podcast Like a whole year before the movie came out So, But what they did is they, you know, they wanted this crowd sound So they recorded the crowd at Comic Con Awesome And that actually made it in the movie. So now that all the people who are at that panel at Comic-Con can see the movie and be like that was us. And now you can do the same with the Batman movie. By the way, for any in the baby field,
0: last week, Karen introduced everybody to the quiet books of Star Wars and Star Trek. This week, I found a Star Wars nursery. And you can find it at blog.craftzine.com And the cool thing about the nursery is it's not overdone. Yeah. It does still look, function and is, you know, a nice, quiet nursery. But, one of the cushions had in a galaxy far, far away on yep. it. There was a Hoth monster, the big, white, fluffy things with mm-hmm. horns as a rug on the floor. <laughs> like, it's pelt yeah. as a rug on the floor. The crib did have Star Wars sheets, okay. Yeah. And the lightsaber on the was a nightlight on the wall. Yeah. Like a full-sized lightsaber. And then I think the quote on the wall was, I'm thinking you can't let... A gorgeous man like me walk out of your life behind Solo. I don't remember the quote exactly. Sorry, Star Wars fans. Yeah. But that was on the wall above the crib. And this was actually a gift from the grandmother mm-hmm. to the parents of the new child. The cross stitch of his of his birth announcement. Yeah. With the Rebel Alliance symbol on it.
1: Yeah. And it was really...
0: Way to really- go, Grandma.
1: <laughs> that was an awesome grandma. Yeah. But it looks really neat, too, because... Like, as you said, it's not overdone. The room yeah. is not plastered with Star Wars. You know, like, there's, like, an accent wall. looked like an accent wall. Well, you only see two walls. But one of them is, like, a nice blue, rich blue. And yeah. one of the walls is white. And the, the carpeting's white. And the crib is, like... It's a dark color. Very dark wood or black. Mm-hmm. But it's a very sort of traditional sort It's of still a very crib.
0: calm room.
1: So it still works with all the Star Wars-y stuff that's in there. Yeah. But if you took the Star Wars stuff out, it would still look like a normal nursery. You could totally design it in like other n- very nursery, sort of modern nursery. You know the one thing
0: I think that they need that would make it perfect? They need a mobile with I was a just Death thinking... Star
1: in the middle and X-Wings flying around it. Yes! I was just thinking they need some sort of mobile, and <laughs> that would be perfect. <laughs> Little X-Wings going yep. around it. Oh, and the mobile, of course, should play... The Star Wars theme. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine a little
0: tinkly Star Wars theme? Play? Okay, whoever is out there that can build this,
1: get on that. I am sure you will make a mint. But yeah, I thought that was a really neat that it was looked sort of very normal, modern nursery, but yeah. that, then they have all these Star Wars touches. It's nice it when so people way, have fun with it. Yeah, it was a really good way of in, you know, incorporating it.
0: And it's not just plastering the walls with Star Wars wallpaper or st- yeah. something like that.
1: Well, and especially, too, because so much of the nursery decoration is really for the parents. Yeah. The baby's not going to know. No, the
0: baby's not going to (laughs) know. It's not going to care. And there's a very good chance... You know, not to discourage anybody, but there is a chance that the baby will see so much of a particular thing, they will grow up
1: and not feel any association to it because it was just there the whole time. be like, oh my god, that's what my parents liked, (laughs) and therefore I'm not allowed to like it. Okay, and actually in other sort of movie news, the trailer for Snow White and the Huntsman... Has just come out. Creepy. Which is, in case you haven't heard of this, it has Kristen Stewart of Twilight fame in it, along with Chris Hemsworth, A.K.A. Thor, and Charlize Theron as the Wicked Queen. And from the uh, trailer, she does a damn good job of it. Yeah. Holy crap, she
0: is scary in that trailer. She is a beautiful kind of crazy scary.
1: Yeah, she is like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> she's Charlize Theron. She's yeah. gorgeous. But she's also very creepy in that. Queenly that statuesque you kind know, of way. All shall love me in despair kind yes. of. Yes. Yes. There you go. Kind of way. And the trailer looks interesting. Yeah. Now, Maggie and I were talking about this before. We started recording as we, you know, talk about everything that we're going to talk about. And I mentioned, really, the trailer. It looks like you have two completely separate movies that you just sort of edited the footage together. Because there's a lot of, like... Middle Ages battle scenes. Like
0: there's a really good scene of somebody taking a sword, just slow motion slicing right through dark armor. You know, somebody dark armor, and it just shatters and goes everywhere in this dramatic slow motion. Are you going? What the heck does that have to do about Snow White?
1: Yeah, I'm not entirely sure how they incorporate it, but I'm assuming it's some sort of. At one point, you do see Kristen Stewart in armor. Yeah. On a horse, so you assume it's it, me. It's sort of like she somehow raises an army and goes to attack and, the queen or something like that. And the that.
0: queen does say in the preview that the battle that is brewing and how their screams give her power or something like yeah. that. Yeah, so. It, it does coincide. It's just that
1: we're all sitting here waiting to find out how. And it does look... It looks like it could be really cool, like with the battle scenes and everything. Yeah. Or it looks like it could be completely WTF. I don't know where that's gonna where it's going to fall. It, it does... The trailer has definitely piqued my interest. Yes. Quite yes, a bit. Yes, it's, it's really well done. And it looks really, you know, dark and creepy and...
0: A lot of people are instantly and... bashing it because of...
1: Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart.
0: <laughs> and okay, yeah, you know, not really the biggest fans of Twilight, but just for the sake of being fair, you got to remember that Bella character was written to be Bella yeah so she is playing she was playing the character she was given let's give her the chance to see if she can pull anything better out I- I'm just putting that out there to try and be fair
1: yeah she has been in one or two mo- movies in the meantime which I haven't seen mainly because a couple of them they weren't didn't really look like something I was interested in okay so I'll be interested in seeing her in a movie that has actually piqued my interest and that I am kind of interested in seeing I am interested in seeing <laughs> Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Speaking with a Scottish accent. Oh, dear God. Because you had not noticed that until no, I pointed until it out. No, until you pointed
0: it out. I'll be in my bunk. Contrasting this. Now, this is the... I don't know if everybody knows this. There are two Snow White movies that are coming out. Yeah. That is Snow White and The and the Huntsman. The other one is called Mirror Mirror. Mirror Mirror has not yet put out its trailer, but there are pictures available Especially on Internet Movie Database. Yeah, there are
1: promo fit photos yeah. available.
0: It looks... Contrasts quite a bit, as much as you can imagine. The same, It's supposed to be the same fantasy, you know, fairy tale story, but it mm-hmm. is so different. It actually has, you know, the seven dwarfs, and it has a little bit of over-the-top costuming. Yeah. and and set design. And, and has, lots of color. It has Nathan Lane in it. Yes. So you know there's going to be comedic moments in there. Yeah. So it's... Starting to get more along the line of a drama, comedy, chick flick sort of getting into there.
1: Yeah, it looks a bit definitely from the from the color used and everything. It definitely looks more comedic. Yeah. Or you know, at least lighter.
0: Yes, it is lighter a, it in is tone. Definitely a lighter tone. Yeah. I'm not saying that it's bad. It's just definitely not the really
1: dark, dark suspenseful. Yeah,
0: I, I still cannot <laughs> wrap my brain around Julia Roberts being the evil queen. Yeah, I can't. I can't. She doesn't
1: look terribly evil. No, in the picture. I mean, she from, she looks we've seen from Mirror Mirror. From from the picture, she looks spoiled. Yeah, she looks haughty. But that doesn't equate. But she doesn't look evil. Evil, and she doesn't look the sort of like the sort of person who would. The woodcutter, go kill her and bring, bring me, me her heart. heart. Charlize so. Theron did that very well. Oh yes,
0: bring me her heart, it in olive oil, garlic, and a little bit of white wine. Bring it back to me and be here in thirty minutes. Go. You know that that was like I'd sort
1: of be like, yes, ma'am. You're staring the crap out of me. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, but yeah. So it'd be interesting to see a trailer for that one and see what that one's like.
0: I, I am actually really interested in seeing both of these movies and doing a compare and contrast.
1: Yeah, I think I think the main thing with both of them is that they're both taking the same story as source material, but then going in very different directions with it.
0: I'm sorry, okay. but the
1: uh, Scottish accent still has my initial vote. <laughs> so that one has a plus five because of the Scottish accent. For Damn you. straight.
0: If I if I see anything
1: on his legs, like above the knee, it gets plus ten. And actually, considering we mentioned crowdsourcing a couple newsy items ago, there's an interesting thing that's come up on Twitter. The Ottawa Citizen newspaper has set up a Twitter bot to tweet once an hour with the name of a fallen Canadian soldier chosen at random from the 119,000 listed on the Canadian government's virtual war memorial. The Twitter name is We Are The Dead, from, of course, John McCrae's poem. In Flanders', Flanders Field. Fields. We are the dead short days ago. We lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow.
0: Because, of course, yesterday
1: was Remembrance Day, day here. here in Canada. Yeah. Um, some people may know it as Armistice Day. Armistice Day in Europe, in a few different places, and Veterans day. day in the United States. Yep. It actually started a couple days ago. It started on Wednesday. And, like I said, every it will tweet one name every hour, every day. And it's estimated it'll take 13 years To tweet all the names. Because this is talking like from the Boer War, or maybe even a little earlier than that, all the way up to Afghanistan. And usually it'll tweet their name, regiment they were part of, their age, the date they died, maybe where they were from if they know that information and if it'll fit in 140 characters. But one interesting thing is one of the reporters at the Ottawa Citizen said, he would do a piece about whatever name was tweeted at eleven eleven a.m. on November eleventh, and of course, because it's selected at random, he didn't know in advance what that name was going to be. So it turned out to be Leading Aircraftman Chancy Melvin Simpson, who was a member of the Royal Canadian Air Force from Moncton, New Brunswick, and he died July twenty seventh, nineteen forty four. And actually, what this reporter did is he set up a Google Docs account and said, "This is you know the name and what information." We have from a couple of the government records and then he set it up so that he could crowdsource information from a whole bunch of other people to try and find as much information about the soldier as he could for the piece so i didn't know it was actually going to be crowdsourced until i looked at the ottawa citizen page i saw that part looked at the google doc and was like oh this sounds interesting typety typey typeity <laughs> started finding stuff because like I'm because a librarian.
0: And you have a degree in, in
1: history and museum studies. So. Right up your alley. I'm like, I might be able to help with this. So yeah, it was it was really interesting watching the, the Google Doc, and it was a bit of an adrenaline rush, too, watching as people found stuff and typed it in. <laughs> and like, I managed to find his his uh, marriage certificate, and his wife's marriage, marriage certificate when she remarried, like, four years after his death. So it was really fun, like, and, you know, the reporter involved was like, as soon as he got a certain name of, like, I think his wife's, Chancey Simpson's wife's maiden name he was able to start finding people in Moncton with that last name and just calling them and was able it was typing in information when he found somebody who was I think her sister-in-law you know and typing that in and people taking that and then trying to find more information and then of course we sort of hit a wall where there are no more the records that you need are just not online like certain birth records and stuff and it's like but there has to be somewhere else to (laughs) look. but yeah it's really fascinating I'll link to the finished article that has all the information that people were able to find about this one soldier and so, so it's really amazing what you can do partly just by using the internet internet, like the amount of information you can find about this one person picked at random. Yeah. But also what a whole group of people can do to find information from all these different sources. Because, I mean, there's, like, birth, marriage, and death records online. There's cemetery records online. There was, in this case, we're looking at, like, the the New Brunswick phone book from 1943, because it wasn't that big. Big. (laughs) You can actually, there were scanned images of the entire phone book, or of the Moncton, you know, city directory from 1949, like, that you can search online. It's amazing what you can find, and what a whole bunch of people can do when they all put their heads together and use the internet.
0: That's really... The the internet can be a force for good. Yeah. Not just a force for porn. We should make that the title of the episode.
1: And then one other tiny little note that many people might already know, because I'm sure this news went around the geek world quite quickly. The Mythbusters are going on tour. Woohoo! Yep, you can go to MythbustersTour.com and see all the dates and click on and locations, and click on the city names to buy tickets. If we go wearing our Knit One, Geek One t-shirts, do you think we could get backstage passes? I don't think so. Damn it! It's going to be at the ACC. The one closest to us is going to be in Toronto, at the Air Canada Centre on March
0: 29th. Do we have any listeners that work at the ACC? (laughs) I don't know, do we?
1: (laughs) I don't know of any. Come on,
0: we are a podcast. We're going to be wearing our shirts that have "geek" written on them. They've got to be able to talk to us.
1: Yes, but think of how big the Air Canada Center should say. The ACC is the Air Canada Center. Pop my bubble. So you think of how big that is, yeah. and how many people are likely to be there. Tickets went on sale for a lot of locations. They went on sale, I think, on the eleventh. But when I looked at the Toronto page, those tickets are going on sale on the fourteenth. Okay, Monday. I will have to stock the internet. No, no, <laughs> so I can shit. get tickets. Yeah, I might have to do a quick ask around on Plurk, be like, anybody want to go? Because I'm gonna, have, I'm gonna have to buy the tickets like all together. My birthday present. Oh yeah, somebody. Quite a few people have a birthday. March birthdays. Yeah, no so, kidding. Yeah, actually, we can do like a big birthday trip no kidding
0: okay now we have spoken uh in the past few episodes about the encroaching holidays we are getting close to the cutoff deadline for if you order on the internet any shipping dates we're getting mm. kind of close to that deadline and for the geek in your life i have made you a sort of mini shopping list of suggestions and i am not going to insist on Karen linking all of these individual items in the show notes because guess what? She has a life. We are going to link to the...
1: And I am working all weekend. Yeah. Again. We're going to
0: link to the stores and, you know, from there you will be free to shop on your own, just do searches and stuff like that because, you know, we're podcasters, we're not Christmas elves.
1: For... Who knows what else you might stumble yeah. on. Or, or you know, off.
0: if you've never heard of any of these sites, you might have more luck finding what you want by searching around. Oh, and the other thing is that all of these gifts are $20 and under, because, let's face it, geeks gotta worry about their funds too. Mm-hmm. We all have a certain special thing that we are saving for.
1: Yes, we can all get carried away at times with, with special things.
0: So, the following is from thinkgeek.com. For the Star Wars geek in your life, you can get an R2-D2 pepper mill, mm-hmm. or the Han Solo in carbonite ice cube trays.
1: I'm not really a Star Wars fan, and I kind of want those.
0: For the Star Trek fan in your life, there's always the red shirt that says expendable on it. For everybody who is of the creatures of the night kind of fan, There is the zombie glass decanter, the brain ice cube trays, or in the IV bag, there is the bloodbath shower gel. Every Doctor Who fan needs a sonic screwdriver that is actually a flashlight. For the engineers in your life, or the science people in your life, there is the do-it-yourself drinking straws, where you get to put the straws together to make your own kind of crazy straws. And thinking about it, they also have the Bazinga t-shirts from the Big Bang Theory. For the D&D and gamers in your life, there is the plus 10 bag of groceries, which is a reusable (laughs) grocery bag. For the classic superhero fans in your life, there is the DC or Marvel shot glasses or pint glasses. And I just keep imagining the drinking games going on where you're able to say, yep, Wonder Woman just drank Iron Man right under the table. I mean, how often can you say that? And for the all-over fantasy geek in your life, you can get Tim the Enchanter headgear. <laughs> which is, of course, from Monty Python's Search for the Holy Grail. Yes. Now, of course, there is a big chapter that I have left open here. The Harry Potter chapter. <laughs> there is, on Etsy, if you look at Graph Magics, you can get your own Deathly Hallows symbol necklace. Atomic Fudge will make for you Butterbeer Budge. (laughs) And author-ish, you will look at the site and go, wait, what's so special? It's a teacup. But if you look into the bottom of the teacup, you will see... And Karen's just about squeeing. She's going to, you know, like explode into glitter or something like that. You will see a slightly distorted design that looks like the Grim because <laughs> of Harry's class with Professor Trelawney July. where he was learning to read tea leaves and he saw the Grim at the bottom of his teacup. <laughs> So, again, those are all under $20. Now, for the steampunks in your life, it is very difficult to find anything $20 and under for (laughs) steampunkers. So our suggestion to you is to make like a steampunker and make it yourself and to that end there is www.instructables.com yes, which, we have,
1: which we have mentioned before
0: and just do a search for steampunk and you will find how to make goggles, backpacks that actually have fog machines in them. There's a really cool one about with a wristwatch where you turn the dial and the where the window will swivel open and then swivel closed and it includes all of the lists of the skills you will need, the tools you will need, materials and instructions of how to do it plus you're able to make comments and say did I didn't get this part quite right Can somebody help me out here Or you can see other people's comments
1: Where they make suggestions and stuff
0: And for the all-purpose person in your life Where, you know, kind of a geek of everything I just want to get something kind of fun Mini donut or cupcake maker Now, (laughs) everybody has seen Like the waffle makers Where you pour it in, close the top You know, like the George Foreman grill type thing Yeah. Same thing, same concept Pour in the batter, close it Five minutes, you've got mini donuts or mini cupcakes. That's also from ThinkGeek.com, by the way. And again, it's, it's like 19.99. Oh, 99 So all of those are $20 and under, not including taxes and shipping, but I've got two extra special ones. And they're both Doctor Who. For $25 on Amazon.com, you can get a TARDIS backpack. And I'm not talking about a picture of Doctor Who standing next to a TARDIS and whatever. No, the backpack looks like TARDIS. And it actually says in the description that it's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. And the last one is not even for sale yet because it is still in progress, but possibly by the time Valentine's Day rolls around and if you are feeling amorous, the folks at Mayfairmoon.com is making a TARDIS corset.
1: It looks amazing.
0: It is going to have lights. It is going to have a key. Didn't they say there's a sound chip, Yeah, and too? a sound chip. This should be
1: phenomenal yeah, when it's Yeah, that looks finished. like it could be really They have
0: pictures of it in progress, and it yeah. looks really, and really damn cool. It's
1: almost done. They just need to put the lights and the sound chip in, I think they said. Yeah. So yeah. you can see pretty much what it'll look like. Yeah.
0: So there you go. There's some suggestions for the geek in your life Christmas shopping. And actually, one thing I had
1: forgotten until just today. When I was on my trip, of course, when you're on a plane, it's... it's kind of hard not to at least browse through SkyMall. Oh, yes. (laughs) Which, if you've never seen (laughs) SkyMall catalog, it's all stuff that, like, nobody needs. But you want. But sometimes you want. One of the things they had was a wand that you can program to control your TV. Oh, my God! So you can program it so that when you make certain movements... Oh, my God! You can turn up the volume, change the channel, turn it on, turn it off. That is phenomenal! How awesome would it be to swish and, and flick? F- and the TV turns on. That's so awesome. I'm like, okay, that is the one. Obviously, like SkyMall is full of this sort of stuff, and usually I look at it and it's like, oh god, just really? But that is the one thing I have seen in that catalog <laughs> that part of me really wants. Because it would be awesome to control my TV with swish and a catch. magic wand. Oh my god, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's way cool. So that's another idea for the geek in your life? Though I imagine that costs a little bit more
0: than $20. <laughs> Pretty much if you if you hand this to any geek girl in place of a
1: ring you pretty much you know
0: I think she'll say yes
1: so for cravings, covets, and crushes, um, I don't have a specific item to mention or a specific, you know, store to mention. But I mentioned earlier that I was doing the beekeepers quilt and I'm doing it all out of my own sock yarn. I have been severely tempted over the last couple weeks by a few different Etsy stores where people are selling mini skeins. Specifically for beekeepers? Not necessarily specifically for. this. Another pattern people have been mentioning for a scarf, I think or a shawl that uses a lot of mini skeins mm-hmm. in it as well. But a lot of, of course, a lot of them do also mention perfect for the beekeepers, quilt. <laughs> and just, uh, I've been looking at all these mini skeins. If you go to Etsy and you search mini skeins, and especially if you then click the supplies tab you get a lot of really gorgeous mini skeins some are hand dyers who are offering mini skeins of their own yarns um, I know there's a store that I know of that's doing mini skeins that I've ordered from before the some people are collecting different types of yarn different brands of yarn into collections of mini skeins mm-hmm. usually based on like a color. So it's also a good way you could try out different kinds of yarn, Factures, yarn bases, yarn and bases, like that. that sort of thing. And I, ugh, I am trying not to buy mini skeins. <laughs> I have been looking at them a lot, and being like, I want, but no self. One, no spending any money. Two, you have tons of sock yarn leftovers. Not to mention quite a bit more yarn to make more socks that will eventually become sock yarn leftovers that you can use. And then also just partly just telling myself, but but it would be nice if every That's... hexapuff in the quilt was made from yarn that I had used in a project and I could point to any hexapuff and yeah. say, I did this with this one. Or, I'm trying to resist, but if you don't have a huge stash of sock yarn ends... Or if you want to try a bunch of different kinds of yarns, like I said, just search mini skeins on Etsy and you will get tons. And then, of course, you can also look through some of the threads on the Tiny Owl Knits group because a lot of people, there's you know swaps going on there or people will have posted links to right. you know places they got mini skeins or places where they know they're selling mini skeins. So there's lots of sources for that. Or, of course, there's always like trying to, looking at like, de-stash for different kinds of sock yarn, especially maybe for ones like Koigu or something where they come in like 50 gram skeins. Yeah. There's probably quite a number of people on there that have you know a single skein right. that they're trying to, right. to de-stash. But yeah. yes, that is what I I have been craving for the last couple of weeks and I am trying to resist.
0: You know, speaking of all of those little hexapuffs and of Christmas coming up, I wonder if anybody's thought about decorating a Christmas tree with hexapuffs.
1: Especially well, there was, I, that especially, snowflake design. Yes, there was one, a friend of ours... Emily was doing it, and I have the link to the the post where someone has posted the pattern for it, or actually it's a Ravelry page. Someone has actually taken a hexapuff and then done little crochet around the edges to turn it into a snowflake. It's so pretty. It is really pretty. And they actually say on that show on that page, you know, you can turn it into an ornament that you can hang on your tree, or you just, you know, plunk it in the middle of all these other hexapuffs in your quilt. It's so pretty. It looks really neat. If anybody plans on doing that, you gotta send us pictures. <laughs> that would be so cool with lots
0: that. of little hexapuff ornaments and maybe little stockings as well. Yep, the little miniature ones.
1: Yeah, you can find pa- patterns for miniature stockings, stockings or miniature sweaters and stuff in a lot of different places. Yep. And then you have been crushing on something. Oh my or god! Someone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: someone. Of late, my husband and I have been watching this BBC show called QI. It is a trivia show along the Jeopardy lines, but all of the contestants are British celebrities, and it is hosted by S- Stephen Fry.
1: Yeah, and it's the, the emphasis seems to be as much or more on the comedic, yeah, on the humor aspects of the show.
0: I, I asked as on the
1: actual like trivia part of it.
0: Yeah, they, they don't really expect anybody in the panel to know the answers to some of the questions. Mm-hmm. A lot of the quality of the show comes out of the comedic response. To an actual serious scientific or historical question. And it's not Steven that does the scoring. I asked about it once. There's a guy that sits off stage and mm-hmm. he won't tell anybody. He has a formula for how it works. Oh, yeah? Sometimes he, it seems like, sometimes he grants points for the comedic value of the wrong answer, mm-hmm. or he'll detract points. For a, an answer that everybody thinks is correct, but obviously isn't. Yeah. Or things like that. But nobody knows how he scores the points, and he won't share. <laughs> so Stephen has absolutely no idea about the points tally until they come up on his little screen. Anyways, we watched one of the Christmas episodes that came out, and I got to see David Tennant for the very first time and hear him talk. And the man is from Scotland. And I think I burst out in the middle of the episode, my God, he's from Scotland. And my husband says, yes, why do you think I've been trying to get you to see this? And he sang "Old Lang Syne, which, okay, anybody out there who's got a drop of Scottish blood in them is suddenly, we're all in the bunk together. But he had sideburns, and his hair was all moused, and he was wearing this plum-colored velvet jacket. It was great. And all of the other celebrities were riffing on him about being Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. and accusing him of, you know, is that pen in your hand really, the sonic screwdriver? And he would play it up.
1: <laughs> is that a sonic screw- screwdriver in your pants or you have to, to, to see me? me? Yeah, <laughs> and he would
0: play it up. He would respond with it, and he would just roll with it. But, oh, man, to hear that man talk. Oh, my God. So the thing is that, like I said, I have not been exposed to Doctor Who for very long. Mm-hmm. And instead of going all the way back to 1960 Dinosaur mm-hmm. and starting at the very beginning, my husband and I started... Not that there's anything wrong with no, the Doctor Who. No, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just that <laughs> if I do that... I'm never going to catch up. Yes. So we were going to start more or less, you know, closer to the middle-ish,
1: where the series really started picking up again. So with, we started you know, with nine. Christopher Eccleston, yeah, with the ninth Doctor, sort of the modern season one, right?
0: You know, and he is the one with a little bit of a hawk nose and yeah. know, the leather jacket. And I have seen many of those episodes. Yeah. But then life happened, and you know, I've sort of I haven't watched many episodes of late. Well, now that I know that David is the tenth Doctor, I might start watching a few more episodes a bit more regularly now because you want to
1: get to his episode yes i
0: do because at the end of the qi episode my husband asked me so what did you think of david Tennant?" and and i said without shame by the way i think he's hot and my husband's like yeah i figured you would i was gonna say
1: you have seen harry potter and the goblet of fire yes and i do
0: know that he is barty crouch jr yeah it's just that with he just doesn't have the accent. He doesn't have the accent, and, and he's
1: like only in it for like yeah, two, two minutes. Yeah, yeah.
0: the short periods, and yeah. he looks deranged, and the and the lighting is you know of a dramatic cast and stuff like yeah. that. I wouldn't, I, and I wouldn't have recognized him to be quite honest, because my first visual of him is with those glorious sideburns and the plum colored jacket. And I'm sorry, that's just how I want all of my doctors to look now. And I'm not talking about the ones that come with the TARDIS. I'm talking about all of my medical doctors have to look like that now. Okay, we need to end this episode pretty damn soon now.
1: Plus, we have cake waiting for us. We
0: have cake upstairs, and... And if we don't
1: get to it, the D&D players might eat eat it all.
0: Yeah, we have D&Ders upstairs. And we have another episode of QI to watch with... Daniel Daniel Radcliffe! Radcliffe. (laughs) We're watching the other holiday episode. Each show has a theme, Mm -hmm. because each series, they're moving along the alphabet. Yes. So, the very first series, it was all A shows. So, it could be something like animals. Mm-hmm. And then the next season, it would be boats. This particular episode is in the H episodes. And it is Welcome to the Christmas Party. And tonight, it is Hocus Pocus. Mm-hmm. And as he introduces... And also he,
1: Hogwarts. Hogwarts, yes. He was
0: dressed very Dumbledore-ish. Yes. And as he introduced each of, each of the guests, they throw back the cowl on their cloaks to reveal who they are. <laughs> if you're interested, I highly recommend the BBC show of QI. It is highly entertaining and informative.
1: You get... And come a, on, what geek doesn't love, like,
0: trivia? It is trivia information, and it is themed per episode so you see that it's the insect episode you go okay bugs give me the willies no thank you that's fine you know from the outset yeah. what the genre is you know we'll try to link to the show qi hosted by Stephen fry and that's all i got yep i think that's all for tonight folks okay so we've got apple spice cake daniel radcliffe and i've got david Tennant in my bunk i gotta go bye guys
1: have a good night Thanks for listening. To visit our show notes, listen to old episodes, or leave something in our tip jar for our microphone fund, you can visit us at knit one geek That's knit one geek 2 dot You can also comment at our Ravelry group. Just search the Ravelry groups for Knit 1 Geek 2. We're also on Twitter. You can find us at www.twitter.com-slash-knit1geek2. Have a good week, everybody!